Hello and welcome to a new episode of the You're My Com Zero podcast and I'm your host Asif Chowdhury. Today my guest is Rebecca Roberts, founder of Thread and Fable, marketing communications and campaigns consultancy specializing in youth audiences. Rebecca is a marketing and comms professional specializing in youth audiences and her award-winning work as Thread and Fable brings specialist teams together as well as sees her work directly with clients across the sports, higher education, charity and public sectors. Uh, having worked with uh, worked in premiership football, no less, Olympic and Paralympic sport campaigns across the FE and HE sectors for clients such as Women in Sport, NHS, Youth Sport Trust, Plan International, amongst others. And her engaging youth reports have shared insights into the experiences of children and young people growing up in the UK, providing talks, workshops, and the Hear It podcast to help other Marcoms professionals get to grips with generational changes. And she also co-hosts the Have You Got Five Minutes podcast as well, and is a regular seasoned veteran to the Comms Hero Week Speaker Circuit. So Rebecca, it's a pleasure to welcome you on the podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me. What an intro. It's always quite strange to hear yourself interviewed. So many accolades and what have you. And a little bit of a backstory. We've tried for months to get this podcast recording. So I'm I'm honoured and privileged that we've finally got Rebecca into the recording studio. She's um, a well sought after guest. So yeah, we're we're honoured and so will you be the listeners as well. So before we get into the um, podcast episode, which is um, engaging youth and how to communicate with young people. Let's get to find out a bit more about you, Rebecca, with some quick fire questions. So tell me, what's the most played song on your Spotify playlist? It is probably Arctic Monkeys 505. That's just like a, a staple that I'll go back to. But I will obsessively listen to a new yeah. song if I like it. I'm they're touring. Yeah, we're recording uh, as towards the end of June, but they're they're touring now. Everyone at, in the office at Resource have been talking about it. And um... yeah, they're one of the best gigs I've ever seen. But I think he's getting a lot of stick at the moment for singing slightly off. Um, beat to I, I don't know if it's his own humour just to annoy people and piss them off they can't sing along but I kind of like it it's funny okay so Arctic Monkeys it is and so let's ask you then which which famous person would you invite to dinner and why I think I would go with Beyonce which probably is an obvious choice but not only do I think she do I think she's amazing in terms of music but I love how she's built her yeah. personal brand um as a mum, but also as a business as well. I think that's kind of interesting. And also she's kind of one of those celebrities that I don't feel like I know all her business. I kind of like that she's quite, she is quite private. So yeah, I think I'd go for Beyonce. I, I don't think we've ever had Beyonce on before in terms of that invitation to do, but I like that. She can do it. She would do like a bit of a sing song as well. Get her on the karaoke. She might be all right. Sing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. She'd be all right yeah. on the karaoke. So final one then, three words to describe you then, Rebecca. Um, I think I would go with um, passionate, as we'll talk about engaging youth, but I'll get on my soapbox in a minute about young people. Um, creative, I think I'd go for, and, and not necessarily in terms of my, my drawing skills are trash, but in terms of approach to doing things. And I'd sound quite determined, um, and that's sometimes on the negative side, like a laser focus on having to get something done a certain way. But yeah, Excellent, I like I that. And I'm sure listeners, you'll have to uh, reply um, when we post this on socials and tell us um, if uh, Rebecca shares some of the same um, 
qualities as you. So thanks for that. And that, that's always, it's always nice for the listeners and myself to get to know the guests as we, uh, as we have them on. So let's get into the podcast itself. So I've got a bit of an intro here just to give everyone a bit of insight into what we're going to talk about. And then I've got some questions to pose to you um, to help us get through that content. So if you're trying to communicate with young people within your target audience or are hoping to engage them with you within your work, then this episode is going to help you understand how to better listen, engage and empower young people within your work. And Rebecca, who is a specialist in youth audience, is going to tell us more about her engaging youth insight reports and what top tips she has for better connecting with the young people through Marcoms. And if you've read much in the media about youth audiences, you'll have been told they're hard to reach, have short attention spans and are snowflakes. Might be some adults in amongst there as well, not necessarily just the uh, young uh, in amongst us, Um, even more so than millennials were now as well. So and. Rebecca, you you also you tackle why stereotypes are not only untrue but are unhelpful in understanding the real context of what it's like growing up in the UK and how comms are well placed to improve the conversation. So it's going to be a fascinating chat. So I'm going to kick off with the first question. So Rebecca, tell us more about what made you start looking closer at youth audiences within your work. Um, so yeah, as you mentioned earlier, I worked in high performance sport before getting into higher education and um, and that was a real kind of um, set change for me into a different sector. And there were a lot of agencies um, on the circuit, still quite a few around, that do this whole, you know, a little bit of scaremongering, like young people have an attention under three seconds, like you have to grab them, you have to do this. And some of it is, is based in, in, in facts around, you know, well, yeah, we're all a bit more, um, we'll scan things scam skim read things and social media in a different way perhaps but the stereotypes I found really unhelpful working with students in higher ed that wasn't what I was seeing from these kind of like marketing reports about young people um and it made me really interested around how do you actually genuinely engage young people and not believe the hype that they're impossible to reach and it's about people right all this comes down to people and connections so when I start, set up my own thing I wanted to have an element of that because I learned so much um through working with young people um directly in higher ed and that kind of just then snowballed so there wasn't me- there weren't many people putting out content for free on this it was like buy this insight report or here's seven ways seven, seven hacks like pay this um and yeah, so I just wanted to share it and democratize it and just sort of give the full picture of what young people are experiencing and that kind of just set off uh, a thing in motion I guess and has led to me ending up doing a lot more campaigns and work directly with and for youth audiences which has become you know specialist is a funny word but it's something I'm particularly passionate about and have just done more of um yeah so I believe in we can all do that better to serve young people. Yeah, and I definitely say, you know, specialist, subject matter expert, um, you're definitely in amongst that. And I, when we first spoke a couple of years ago about you coming onto Comms Hero, it's probably what kind of stood out was that I, I haven't seen many people in this space, to be honest with you, who are subject matter experts in youth audience. So I can totally relate to to what you're saying, and that, that must be, a, you know, one of the uh, reasons for your success because you kind of filled a, a gap that, lots of other people are doing in amongst what they do day to day with many different audiences there's definitely a lot in the commercial sector i'd say but that comes down to sort of sales and products and trends and 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 i totally respect that and, and I, I guess where i um fit my little niche was around yeah. like the social impact on that and how are we helping people um, and understanding kind of 
what's going on, whether that's politically, whether that's, you know, socioeconomic factors. There, there is just a lot that young people go through. And as a parent, you do yeah. you also have that eye on like what it's like for your child growing up, um, you know, around social media and around these sort of forces. So, yeah, that's kind of. Yeah, that's true. So then tell us, because, you know, why do so many organisations and why are they getting it wrong when it when they're trying to connect with the youth audience? I think there's a real power issue when it comes to youth audiences. So, you know, young people don't get to vote until this to their 18, which is also quite bizarre. Um, you'd think actually that would come down to 16. I know New Zealand are looking at lowering that. Um, but also when it comes down to when they do get that vote, there are quite a few things around like ID at the moment, the ID changes this year. You know, uh, if you had an, an OAP bus pass, that counted, but a youth bus pass wouldn't. So it's it's sort of stacked up against young people to not have a voice in a lot of ways. Um, you remember back to the pandemic and you know, a lot of it was like, don't kill your granny, don't go out, was it telling young people what to do. And the unfortunate thing with youth audiences is, and without revealing my age, I'm 40, I'm not bothered about that, but um, it's hard to, um, you put your own perception on that and what it's like to be young. So you feel like you know what it's like to be that age. So we're the best one in the world, like even with student campaigns, you don't need a bunch of millennials going, do you know what's cool in 2005? And then doing that. So it's about... I think that's where organisations fall foul as they put that perception on. And then also the youth engagement I found in terms of when they do consult young people, it was really tokenistic, like, which one do you prefer, red or blue? Which do you like? And sort of ticking the box or, you know, you'd get someone senior um, who wheels in a nephew and go, well, they're 18, so I've asked them and they said it's fine. And not really think of it like any other audience and youth is almost like homogenised into this big category rather than, of course, you have subcultures in that and sections and, and that sectionality and intersectionality and understanding that is just as important for youth as it is for any other age group. But we kind of tend to, we seem to band over sixes together in one lump and then anyone under 21 is one big lump. And it's... Yeah, it's, it's true, actually. It's a, it's a fair point you raised there in terms of like, you know, when you're doing um, data insight for creative strategy and you're looking at social socioeconomic profiles and your, your historical models a b c uh, you know that kind of stuff c1 c2s etc that that's they exist so why shouldn't they within these other huge groups of like you say over 60s and um and the youth audiences as well so that's a fair point raised and i can understand i mentioned in the intro rebecca then about the engaging youth report then so what how has that report highlighted as some of the key things impacting young people that we need to be aware of this year yeah, there's a few things. I think the socioeconomic impact of the pandemic, it was sort of seeing a lasting effect um, this year um, in terms of, you know, people breaking out of poverty. We're seeing more young people, children and young people falling into poverty, needing food banks. And, and that has you know, a lasting impact in terms of their education. So more young people really understanding, is that a value for me to go to university? Because there are it's these young people on this kind of cusp of, you know, they might not get a scholarship, but they're sort of sat going, actually, is it worth it progressing? You know, do I need to get a, a, a job now? Do my, can my family afford to support me in any kind of way? We're seeing more students just out this week, actually, more students than ever are working alongside their education. So that's a trend we're sort of seeing this year. I think the other factor, you know, apart from the, the socioeconomic thing, is this belief, and the Prince's Trust is a great source of a lot of this data, but the Prince's Trust look at you know, people's, you know perception on prospects and I love working with young people in terms of they tend to be um 
wanting they want to change the world they believe that they can there is still that belief there but I think there is this you know do I have the power to do this are we going to see any change and things like climate change you know we see the grown-ups in the room making the, the policy changes maybe not as significant as it could be so there's this kind of a, a growing lack of belief in the power structures that I think we have which I think you know yes you can say well that's always been there but I think it is really challenging for a lot of youth audiences things like um uh mental health and climate crisis is a growing issue so young people actually it's affecting their well-being thinking you know what what is our future like and the third thing which is I think it's important for communicators is this um growing change in terms of shifts of media habits so I've just been commissioned with um, CIPR to do some research into young people Gen Z in particular's media habits so yeah social media for news that's not a new thing but we're actually seeing a real shift in terms of the sources so not just going to sort of BBC on on social media for that news source and that has opportunity but also issues in terms of misinformation obviously being the negative but the opportunities for different organizations to be voices of authority that youth audiences will engage with and just being a bit more creative about letting go a bit about where that media content exists you'll see bbc for example on tiktok but also reels being really creative with presenters telling a story in a different way and letting that exist on a channel that previously they were quite slow to get to so I think that's something that I'm really interested in in terms of where you put your information um, and how you have that conversation with the youth audiences rather than just having that you know I don't know maybe outdated view that if you have an app and people would even want to go near it if you have a website that people go on it I was having this debate the other day that you know, if you're asking someone to click, I think all of us, if it takes two clicks and a scroll, am I going to bother? Can you not just tell me what I need to know now? And I think with youth audiences, when they're used to finding out all that information about you, um, well, why can't you have that conversation in a space that they might expect to see you? So I think, yeah, that's that's an interesting trend that we're, we're going to yeah, see. Some really of. good insight there. And there's lots of, it's amazing how that that has changed over the years as well to accommodate for that audience, that instant desire for news at your fingertips and it's interesting you mentioned like two clicks and a scroll which it's not that many years ago that you'd think oh if I can get somebody down to that level that'll be amazing and now we're thinking that's too many you know it's but it is it, it, things evolve yeah and and, and and by no means am I thinking that you know young people young people have no attention span because that's one of my pet hates because if you look at you know podcasting particularly with a youth audience um but also you know they, they'll binge watch in-depth series they'll read long form content yeah. when they're interested so it's not the problem isn't them it's you if they're not kind of engaging with it but it's just thinking about like wall street journal do a really great job on tiktok for example in terms of their news content really recommend having a look at how they do it because they've totally gone actually that's where an audience yeah. is we want to tell the story we're going to tell it in a way that they expect so it's not necessarily about being like hey here's everything you need to in two seconds it's about being creative and i think that's exciting for the media if you're doing things completely traditionally that's where it's yeah. probably going to be and it's that concept of personalization i suppose which isn't a new concept here but it's probably not been introduced to a, an audience here in terms of youth audiences where you know why wouldn't you put information in a, a, a ideally in the right channel for the where your audiences are going to actually consume the information which are the fundamentals of marketing but they do get forgotten quite often as we as many marketers put that broad brush approach and it might be down to budgets or whatever, but spending that time um, actually drilling down into the audience and 
I'm sure many people have lots of insight projects and invest time and insight, but then if you do nothing with that insight or you don't execute the information in the right channels, which isn't a new concept, but it sounds like on the youth audiences that perhaps has been um, overlooked. Yeah, you can't you can't ever assume. I think certainly with the issues based stuff I've done with youth audiences, you know, like sexual health is a classic one, and I've spoken to someone on the here podcast just about this the other week and we were saying that it's really easy it's really hard to not put your own yeah. perception on things like caution people would know this of course they know who the guardian is they'd always go to the traditional media of course they know about safe sex advice but actually you have to meet your their audience your audience where they are at that time and understand what they're going through so for a lot of young people they won't they'll have missed out on a lot of experiences whether that's you know um sexual health lessons at school i'm doing another campaign on travel for during the pandemic they didn't get to do those rites of passage that first holiday away with mates and different things so you've got to understand their current situation and that's quite exciting with youth audiences because they've not they're not old hats so it's kind of like fresh pair of eyes on on where yeah so there's some really good insight there and i hope that i'm sure that will have helped um the listeners or just giving them a fresh perspective it certainly has for me so then rebecca so you deliver marketing comms as a consultancy as well as campaigns that involve and target youth audiences then from from that experience then what have you found that might help listeners with their approach to working with young people so one of the biggest things that i would sort of advocate for that you know doesn't cost loads because again the normal thing is like oh yeah the big brands do this it's hard to do is speak to young people and work out how you can kind of involve them in your process in some way. So if it's a campaign aimed at young people, how can you involve them? And that might simply be, A, always try and pay them. Now, if you look at young audiences, sometimes that can be challenging around PAYE, whatever, but you could do a voucher system, which works pretty well, like an Amazon voucher as a thank you for their input and make the process um, easy for them to be involved and inclusive. So often you'll get you get this a lot in councils and they'll go, yeah, we've got a, a youth, um, you know, parliamentary group and whatever. Now, they're quite a self-selecting group. They're not necessarily representative of a wider youth audience. And that's the reality, as as is most, you know, if you want to volunteer and do this or if you want to, it's just you have to work harder to be representative yeah. and inclusive. So that is, you know, am I being diverse? How are we listening to the right voices around the room? So one campaign we had young people and from the Roma community and how they engage actually was best through um, a youth worker that was doing some work with them, but they didn't work necessarily well communication wise with a right. wider young group. So we will actually, we could get feedback that way. And then on email that would work really well for, for them. Also with young people with disabilities, I'm working with um, a campaign at the moment which works with youth audiences with learning disabilities for NHS Dorset. That's really complex and there's been a fantastic challenge around actually what do we want to um, ask them how can we best engage in what format and are we being realistic with what we're asking here um, and making it accessible light touch and effective so don't you know you might as a marketer want all these responses and all this depth of info um, and you know forms that they fill in to kind of submit things and actually if you reverse engineer it to that young person's perspective like are they going i've recruited some student ambassadors recently are they going to fill in a long form probably not make it like touch now the quality of application we didn't have a poor quality of application for this thing that we put out but we made it so easy that we we were oversubscribed we had over 100 young people wanting to be involved so then it allowed us to go right let's make sure we've got like we had a 50 50 um we had like 50% non-white in our group, which is unheard of, but because we'd made it 
easy, accessible, like engaging, exciting to be part of. They could use it on the CV. We were paying them. Think about everything from a young person's perspective and why on earth they'd want to help you. And then you'll get much better engagement. And just finally on the creative process, if you are looking at a youth campaign, um, don't be tokenistic and go, which do you prefer? Or, you know, <clears throat> just ask one young person. Um, not only have a youth panel or youth board in some way that you pay to get involved, um, do that through the creative process. So be clear about what their involvement is going to do. So you can say, yep, you're going to have three sessions. And from that, you're going to, this is where your input sits. This is where it doesn't. Because if you go in and say, you know, you're going to co-create this, it's going to be amazing. You're probably lying because ultimately they might come up with something you go, my boss will never sign that off. And then you just kind of end up doing a version of it, which is awful. So be really clear, like, hey, this is the parameters we're working with. How can you be involved? And this is how we've adjusted it based on your feedback. Because then it's like genuine involvement um, rather than like a one-off thing. And then blind test yeah. is the other thing, just quickly. So if you um, have got a great concept, just blind test it before it goes, goes out. Like, how is that landing? If you've had young people that have had no involvement in this project, are they going to get it? Or are you looking like you, your mum or dad dancing with some cringe <laughs> words that they've never used? Because that, that'll, it'll fall down because you'll go, oh, I've, I've heard this is really funny or I've written it this way. And you go, oh, like, yeah. you know from your own kids, as if like you'll say something and my, my daughter went, no one says that, mum. Like, no one says that. And you're like, all right, okay. But even locally, like if it's a regional thing, there's local dialect, there's loads of great ways you can make that not too cringe that has young people at the heart of it. Um, and also, you know, don't try to be too yeah. cool. Like, if you are not a cool brand, you know, if you're not supreme, um, that's okay. Like, you're not, you, that's even worse when you're trying to be something you're not. You are a local authority or you are the NHS or whoever you are. So there has to be a level of, like, universities do an interesting job on this. You'll see the ones that are trying to yeah. be super cool and you go, I'm paying how much a year? I don't want you to be cool. I want you to be somewhere I'd go to learn. So it's just trying to be. Um, what your audience want are expecting of you in a way that yeah. feels well, that's right. a really good shout that because there are um, there are brands who do it who do it well and others that are you can just see because it does make you cringe and it doesn't fit the brand personality and stuff like that which is you know the, the fundamentals of marketing communications don't change uh, here they've applied for years and they still will continue for for years further on but the tactical level is the bit that really changes based on generations or trends and all the, all the rest of it that we have to factor in. So that's some really interesting takes there and your experience has really helped with probably clarifying a lot of the mystique uh, and myths around how to do this. So then to wrap up these this set of questions then, Rebecca, so tell us what, what your top tips then for engaging uh, young people. Um, yeah, so be clear about um, how they can support you with their campaign, that creative process. Um, be authentic and recognise how they see you before you you force how you want them to see you. So that goes back to that point I made before about if you're not if you're an organisation or authority, like you may not need to be something they go. Oh, we find you hilarious. We want you know want all this from you. Um, the expectations on how they might consume your channels is really important. I would say nine times out of 10, that's probably a bit harsh, but a lot of clients or conversations I have, they totally think an app will be the coolest thing to do for a youth audience. And and let me tell you the real estate to get on anyone's yeah. phone, it's pretty high, um, let alone a young person that probably doesn't want to hear from you. So think about the channels. You know, I've had people go, I want more young people to sign up to a newsletter. And I go, why? 
what's in it for them? Why would they? I hate newsletters. Like, you know, I like some, but then I don't want loads. So it's just being realistic about what you expect because I think youth audiences can be a tick yeah. box for a lot of people. Like, we need young people. So that that relationship's important. Um, and just finally, speak and engage and, and really um, you know, look at the... My insight reports are free, by the way. This isn't like a sales thing, but I share that mainly because there are so many opportunities to support and engage young people in a great way. And they're like working with young people is brilliant. It, yeah, it can be hard, but I think we can really help them with so many issues they've got going on. So, for example, employment is really, really challenging. If you've got an opportunity that they can... A, obviously you should pay them, but they can use on their CV in any way and develop skills that can help them get a job. Why wouldn't you do that? That's brilliant. So there's lots of things we can do as marketers and and comms professionals to really help young people. Excellent. That's great. And there's there's tons of stuff packed there, you know, years of experience that you've you've had and accumulated over over time there. And it's really nice that you've... um, shared that insight with our audience as well. And so I mentioned before that you've um, been a big supporter of the comms hero community. So you'd t- just tell us, tell the listeners then why is comms hero important to you and would you recommend people working in comms and marketing to be part of the community? Yeah, of course. So um, comms hero, what's lovely about comms hero is all about community. So yeah, you'll go to the events and you'll hear you know great range of people speaking but it's that connection to others and I've met some really great I mean sounds funny saying Twitter friends but I've met lots of Twitter friends through comms hero and it is that community particularly you know I'm a you know a sole operation but I put teams together for specific projects but it's really nice connecting with other people I don't have like a huge work team I don't work in person at a lot of like spaces like I might have a client that I'll work with for a few months and then move on so it's lovely having that peer-to-peer conversation with people about challenges they have and it's really relatable so yeah the community that comes here is is what i'd say definitely oh, that's great in. thanks for sharing that rebecca and speaking of let's let's find you some more twitter friends so tell us what are your social handles where are people going to find you because we want people to connect with our guests so yeah please so i'm, I'm rebecca seven roberts and yeah obviously talk about youth um a lot but also other stuff um and there's thread and fable which is all one word um yeah that's my my business one so yeah i'm on there uh, well we'll share those in the show notes as well you're on linkedin as well um rebecca roberts so you'll find rebecca on there so um you'll find this podcast on spotify apple or your chosen platform and on our website comzero.com if you do listen on apple and spotify do leave a rating and review and hit the follow and subscribe button so there's new episodes every two weeks so you'll be first to to hear about those you can follow us on twitter at comms hero uh, and on linkedin as well and um rebecca it's been absolutely fascinating i've really enjoyed that and i, I know the listeners as well so thank you very much for giving up your time it was worth 804 <laughs> attempts to get to get that so thanks for having me <laughs>